Welcome back, MTN Nets podcast. Reacting to this uh, underwhelming trade deadline for the Brooklyn Nets, there were a lot of possibilities, a lot of different ways they could have went about this. They didn't know if they were buyers. We didn't know if they were sellers. We didn't know if they would stay in the middle. And like they tend to do, they stayed somewhat in the middle. They made some lateral-ish moves going from Spencer Dinwiddie to um, to Dennis Schroeder. And I think Schroeder's a little better, I have to say. Schroeder, especially that he's going to be engaged, which is not what Dinwiddie was. Dinwiddie was very much out of it, ready for his next chapter. Of course, Dinwiddie got bought out. Rumors he might join the Lakers. I saw he was in attendance at the Knicks game tonight, and they're playing the Mavericks, so maybe it's a reunion. I don't know what's going to happen with him. But Schroeder is under contract for, of course, this year and for next year. I believe it's like a $13 million cap hit next year. So... He is a tradable asset in the offseason, or maybe the Nets want to keep Schroeder for next year. Um, he gives them a nice guard off the bench, a point guard, which this team needs. So that's the good news. I think the Dinwiddie trade, like it was fine. They weren't going to get too much for him. I was hoping at one point they could have gotten like a late first for Dinwiddie, but based on him being expiring and the market was not so hot for these guys that were like role players, so just a bad market for it. And of course, Dinwiddie has been playing his value down for the past month and a half, so that didn't help either. Another trade was the Nets gave away Royce O'Neal. So it really seemed like it was going to come down to DFS or Royce O'Neal, and it just depended which offer was better. Now, you have to keep in mind that um, that Dorian Finney-Smith has a another year left on his contract and I believe the year after that which would be the 2025-26 season I believe he has a player option so DFS is under contract for at least one more year possibly two depending on what he wants to do with that um, player option once again but the Nets do trade one of those guys it was Royce O'Neal he uh, reunites with Kevin Durant and I was going to say Utah, but Utah went to uh, Utah Watanabe went to the Grizzlies, but he reunites with Kevin Durant. So good for Royce O'Neal. Um, the Nets in exchange, they mainly get three second round picks from the uh, Suns. We were hoping for a first round pick, obviously. I think at one point, maybe the Nets could have gotten the first for Royce O'Neal. And that might have been more of like last year. But as I said, the market was not too hot for like these, I don't want to say high-end role players, but Royce O'Neal is a good player. Like I I don't have anything bad to say about Royce O'Neal. He was acquired at a very awkward time. He was literally acquired within like like five minutes of the Kevin Durant trade request in the uh, summer of 22. But I will say Royce O'Neal was a good net he was dependable he showed up every game played a pretty solid defense was a good rebounder for his size he was a pretty good three-point shooter was gonna he's gonna go down in Nets history for having the best pump fake in history that pump fake sidestep three-point shot amazing so yeah Royce O'Neal had some pretty nice moments here um, but I do think the Nets did the right thing here. Get what you can get because there was no guarantee Mitchell or not Mitchell. I was going to get to Mitchell, but there was no guarantee that um, Royce O'Neal was going to stick around here next year. So the reason I said Mitchell's name by accident was because I was going to say it was brought up in like some reports the last two days or so how Royce O'Neal and Donovan Mitchell are very good friends. And you can tell based on the quotes and the direction and what they're planning on doing, it seems like the Nets are very thirsty for Donovan Mitchell. 
That seems like it's going to be a priority in the offseason that the Nets will make a run at Donovan Mitchell. But the thing is, the Cavaliers are like 15-1 and one in their past 16 games. They're winning right now by uh, 29 or something over the Nets. So they're going to win tonight as well. And by the way, the game's still on. It's in the fourth quarter. But I just, you know, I have no more interest. I have it on. But, you know, the Nets lost. Anyway, so Donovan Mitchell, I'd be a little surprised at this point if he left Cleveland for Brooklyn. It just depends on what his priorities are. Like, there's a chance that he really, really wants to play in New York, which is where he grew up, of course, and maybe he prioritizes that over playing on a good team. But if I'm Donovan Mitchell, like, if the Cavs make a good run this year or, hell, even make the finals, um, why would you want to leave this situation, you know? Like, they have a good team of, of Mobley and, and Jared Allen and, you know, whoever, Garland's, Levert. Uh, Okoro's decent, like, you know, Struess, they have a good team over there, and they're they're doing very well, so I don't know why Mitchell would leave that team to come here and play for this shit show of an organization, but maybe the location means that much to him, I don't know, we have to hope, and, you know, it seems like the Nets have at least some level of confidence that they can get him based on their actions, so, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Now, there was some quotes by Sean Marks, that just came out, I believe. He was doing an interview, like, during halftime, which is kind of weird. I don't know why they didn't wait. Like, why couldn't they do this, like, tomorrow morning or something and, like, have fans tune in? I don't know. But anyway, Sean Marks said that future flexibility was the driving idea behind today's transactions. So I think with today, I said, like, there wasn't much of a change. I, I really do feel like going from Spencer Dinwiddie to Dennis Schroeder's a pretty lateral move. I said Schroeder's probably a bit better. But the Royce O'Neal thing, yeah, it gives you three second-round picks in the future. They got um, Keita Bates-Diop from, uh, where was he from? They got him from, oh, he was on the Suns. But, yeah, he was former Timberwolves, former Spur. I actually liked him in college at Ohio State. I, I just looked at him, and I was like, oh, he's got, like, that Kevin Durant-type body. He was 6'8", skinny, lanky, but the jump shot never came to fruition for him, sadly. But he's carved out a decent career, still playing. Um, but he'll be in that. But they actually, um, they're going to waive uh, Jordan Goodwin, I saw, which is kind of weird. Um, he's 25. I think he was undrafted, but he's a solid player, has a decent offensive game. He's, you know, really hustles, plays some decent defense, good at getting steals. So I was a little surprised they didn't take him on, but, you know, seems like Goodwin will be a free agent. So um, the only players the Nets are getting back here are going to be Keita Bates, Diop, and we're going to get Dennis Schroeder, and they'll make their debuts on Saturday, most likely. I didn't come away from this deadline any more encouraged about the Nets' future. I still feel like they're stuck in the middle, and I do think the Nets want to keep their options open, which is why Sean Marks is talking about having flexibility. They actually have him on TV right now, but um, I'll see the quotes later. So yeah, I just watched it. He didn't really say much there, but there was another interesting quote that was tweeted by Lucas Kaplan, and it sounds like something that's not even real, but Lucas Kaplan is obviously like a real reporter, so I don't know like what to think about this. But apparently, Sean Marks said, We had the opportunity to acquire the players of Kevin and Kai and James' stature. We are going to want to do that, and I would do it all over again. So I agree with the whole I would do it all over again thing, but... I'm thinking to myself, who are these players he's talking about? Like, what players have been on the market recently that are at the level of those three guys from the big three, which are all future Hall of Famers? Like, 
I don't know, like, has Donovan Mitchell been available lately? Like, I know he went to Cleveland, like, when was that? Like, a year and a half ago. But is he saying Dame Lillard's at that level? Like, I don't think a, a 33-year-old Dame Lillard's at that level. So I don't know who he's talking about when saying that quote, but... Um, you can tell that the star hunting days in Brooklyn are not over. They're going to go for it again. Um, we've seen it fail twice now, you know, most notably the Paul Pierce and KG teams and the big three in 2021, 2022. So we've seen this fail twice and maybe the third time is a charm. I, I do think the Nets got severely unlucky during the uh, big three era. The Pierce and Garnett thing was just, they shouldn't have done it, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what stars will be available. It's very obvious that they want Mitchell. And as I said before, like, I don't know if he's going to leave Cleveland. Like, is there a reason to leave this team? Not really. So depends what he wants. And if the Knicks want him, maybe they can get him too. The Nets do have more assets, but we know how it works. A lot of times players have more say on where they go. So if Mitchell says, I want to be a Nick, then maybe they respect that and, and send them to the Knicks. But if Mitchell has a list of teams and it's like Brooklyn, Miami, the Knicks, I do think the Nets can offer the best package. The Nets have the most future picks. The Nets have some young guys who could be attractive to, uh, to the Cavaliers. So if Mitchell does become available and the Nets are on his list, I like the Nets' chances of getting Mitchell, but it just depends if he's going to leave. I feel like the entire Nets' plan hinges on getting Donovan Mitchell. And that's a scary game. Like, you don't want to just base your entire future around a guy who's not even on your roster. It's not like he's going to be a free agent. You have to trade for him. Like, there's a chance that if he, uh, if the Cavs don't trade him, he may, not, he may not be a free agent until the summer of 2025. So it might be like a year and a half away. So it's a risky game. But as I said, maybe the Nets know something. They seem confident based on their moves that... This is what they want to do, and this is the avenue they want to go down. So, I mean, look, it's better. It'd be better to watch Donovan Mitchell than watch whatever this is right now. This is not fun. They're almost down by 30 at this point. I just keep hoping for a direction, whether that direction's Mitchell and another star. Like, if they get Mitchell, like, that's the thing. So, if they get Mitchell, they'll have to give away, I don't know, two or three first-round picks, I would think, and... Who would be the other guy you get? You know, like, I feel like if you get Mitchell, you want to pair him with a second star. Is Mikael Bridges good enough to be that second star? Would you trade Cam Thomas and more picks for another guy? Like, you know, it'd be like Cam Thomas and um, maybe like Cam Johnson and a couple other picks to get some other guy. Like, I don't know who that would be. So we can speculate all we want, but the reality is right now that Donovan Mitchell's a Cavalier. And there's still a lot that has to happen to get him on this Brooklyn roster. And it's going to be expensive. So that's the downside. Like, that was the great part about Kevin and Kyrie. I said this last video as well, or last podcast, that they came here for free. It was just the, the money. And D'Angelo Russell, like, the Nets didn't have to give up a bunch of draft picks to get Kevin and Kyrie. The, the thing that killed the Nets was the James Harden trade. So we'll see what they decide to do. Um, as I said, hopefully the third time is the charm. But... Um, I just don't know what to expect with this team. Uh, I'm just naturally pessimistic as a Nets fan, just based on how things go here. But um, I'll talk about tonight's game a bit. There wasn't too much to be excited about. We did see Jalen Wilson get his first start tonight, so that was pretty cool. Uh, of course, Royce O'Neal being gone will open up some playing time for him. So I do like that. That actually helps out a lot. I want to see Jalen Wilson play. 
you know, Wilson's like 23. So like, he's not like, it's not like he's super young, like get him in there and and let's see what we got here. The Nets are going to be 20 and 31 after tonight. So not much to play for at this point. So see what you got with him. Uh, Mikel Bridges had a decent game. He was 10 for 23, a minus 28, 26 points so far. Um, Cam Thomas had an off shooting night, shooting 33%, 6 of 18, 2 of 4 from 3. Um, but Cam Thomas had a tough time tonight taking guys off the dribble. That's what I noticed. So, um, you know, he was off against the Warriors, which was on Monday. And then he was off. Um, he was like 3 for 18 in one of those games. It was either the Warriors game or the, the Dallas game. I didn't react to the Dallas game or the Warriors game. Like, the Warriors game was disgusting. They probably should have won that game. It felt like the Warriors played like crap, and so did the Nets, obviously. They just, the Nets have so many droughts where they just can't score. And it happened tonight, too. Like, in the right out of halftime, Donovan Mitchell and one, but right out of halftime, the Cavaliers went on a 19 to nothing run. Like, at a halftime, this was still a game. I think it was within, it was within like 10 points. And the Cavaliers came out and went on a 19 nothing run. The Nets didn't score for like five or six minutes in the third quarter. So, um, so crazy stuff there. I don't know what Jock Vaughn said in, in, uh, in the locker room and what happened there, but that, that was embarrassing. So, uh, but this team has way too many offensive droughts. Mitchell's about to have 27 points on 10 of 16 shooting. I, he really just kills this team, man. I tweeted before. He, he looks like he's like 2006 Kobe Bryant when he plays against the Nets. Like, I, I don't know what it, I mean, Mitchell's great regardless, but I feel like against the Nets, it's just been a little bit extra. Um, and speaking of extra, there was a fight between Jared Allen and Ben Simmons tonight. So, uh, no love loss about uh, what happened in that series back in 2019. Um, it was more so Joel Embiid that obviously started that with Jared Allen, but Ben Simmons was kind of included too. So neither guy forgot about that, but it was kind of weird. Like Ben Simmons pushed him to the ground. Jared Allen like got up and tried to like go at him, and he was held back. So not what I expected coming out of halftime there. But it seemed like after that, the Cavs went on that big run, and you know there was no momentum on the net side after that. Um what else happened in this game? I mean, Trenton Watford's playing all right, has 11, 12 points. Uh, ben Simmons actually has six points, but Ben Simmons had a nice move in the first quarter. I think it was like the fourth point of the game was early, and um, he was able to kind of like just push Mobley out of the way and dunk, which was great. Did like a Euro step, kind of threw his shoulder into Mobley, and he dunked it. So I was like, hey, I'll take that from Ben Simmons, but does have six points. He, he looked okay offensively, only two assists, though, in 20 minutes. Um so far, he's healthy tonight. No injuries, I don't think. So that's the good news. So hopefully, he's fine. I am going to the game Saturday. The the tickets were already paid for, so I don't love the idea of giving Joe Sy my money. But it was either go or not go. So I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm just I'm just gonna go. It was in a suite too. So I'm like, you know what? I have to go. Like I can't miss that opportunity. And as I said, it's already paid for. Um, Nick Claxton was a non-factor in this game. There was that report that came out. I think it was from Scotto about how the Nets are very confident they'll be able to re-sign Claxton this offseason. And if they don't, that's a very bad look. You know, the Nets, I don't think the Nets offers for Claxton were that great at the trade deadline here. There was rumors about maybe him going to um, the Thunder at some points and maybe some other team, but I guess nothing materialized and there wasn't that many great offers, but the um, the Nets are going to keep Claxton and he's an uh, unrestricted free agent in the offseason, which is dangerous. So Claxton can literally just give the finger to the Nets and just walk and go to a different team and the Nets get nothing, which I wouldn't even blame him for. Claxton's been in the trade rumors for like three years in a row. 
there was that report. I think it was the same year Harden got traded, so 2022, um, where the Nets were trying to ship Claxton to the Raptors, and it didn't happen, which I guess is a good thing. But he was in trade rumors for like three straight years. So if Claxton like doesn't trust this organization, and I think he grew up somewhere in the South, like he's not even like a city guy. So it wouldn't shock me if Claxton left. But hey, based on that report, it seems like the Nets are confident they can re-sign him. But that's the, the problem with you know the problem with Claxton as I was getting to before. Just too many inconsistent games. Like he's had games where he's looked so freaking good lately. He had a, a seven-block game the other night. He did get tossed out of that game. I forget what happened. Didn't he push somebody? I forget what happened. He got ejected though. I can't remember now. But he had a five-block game, a seven-block game, a four-block game, three-block game versus Utah in that big win they had last Monday. I mean, Claxton has these games where it's like, hey, this guy's worth the money, and he's playing great defense and getting blocks and having exciting dunks and uh, staring guys down. But there's too many games where he just goes invisible, and tonight is a pretty good example of that. So, um, you know, it is what it is. They can't afford to lose him, so let's just keep Clax and – Hopefully, his game develops a bit more. He's still 24. He'll be 25 next year, so maybe there's still room to grow here, but we'll find out. To be fair to the Nets, they had some injuries tonight. There was no Dorian Finney-Smith. There was no Cam Johnson. There was no Lonnie Walker. Obviously, no Dennis Schroeder or uh, Diop. So that's like five guys who probably would be playing. I don't know about Diop. He might be playing, maybe not. But, you know, there's a good amount of guys there that they would be playing and they would be making a big impact. The Nets only had like nine healthy bodies tonight. You know, we, we're seeing Keon Johnson play tonight. Um, Clowney's playing almost 20 minutes. Watford's playing over 20. Um, as I mentioned, Jalen Wilson's starting, which we don't see all the time. So it, it was a bit of a, weir a weird game. Like this is just how it is sometimes on trade deadline day, especially when your team trades a lot of guys. So, you know, is what it is. I kind of expected this loss, and, and the Cavs are a hot team right now. So the Nets are still in 11th place. So I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, I really don't even think in this world today where 10 teams from each conference have a chance to make the playoffs, I can see a world where the Nets don't even make the top 10. Like right now, they're in 11th place, and they are a game and a half out of 10th uh, from the Atlanta Hawks, who of course kept uh, DeJounte Murray today. So I don't really see Atlanta being too bad. Chicago is up on us by three and a half games. They didn't do anything today of note, which is kind of crazy. I don't know what Chicago and the Nets are planning to do here. Like those two teams had very odd trade deadlines, but I don't know. But congrats to Houston. Uh, the Rockets have our pick this year, so they might get a lottery pick. And with the Nets' luck, they'll probably get like the first overall pick and uh We'll see what happens there, but another three-pointer there for the Cavs. This is a, a rough game here for the Nets, but two minutes to go only. I think that's all I got. You know, at, at this point, I, I'm still not exactly sure what their direction is. It just seems like it's Donovan Mitchell or Bust, and if it is Bust, I mean, what do you do? That's, that's what I'm curious about. If they don't get Donovan Mitchell in the summer, what do they do? What do they pivot to? Because it seems like this team is so against rebuilding, I can't see that happening. Although it's probably the right thing to do. I mean, the value for Mikael Bridges was so high at the deadline. Like, part of me wishes they took advantage and traded him for Jalen Green and, and some of their picks back. But they didn't want to do it. They feel confident about getting stars. And um, based on, on the Sean Marks quote, he's telling us that he could have had players of, of the big three's caliber, but he hasn't done it. 
So I don't know. We're going to trade all those picks we got from the KD trade and probably trade the, the Kyrie pick and, and trade whatever else we have and try and do the same thing over again. And I, I don't think we'll ever get a, a big three or even two guys that were as good as Kevin and Kyrie and James. Like, those are freaking Hall of Famers, top 75 players of all time. I know Kyrie didn't make it, but that's politics. But um, it's hard to believe they'll get guys that are that good again. So I, I don't know what Sean Marks is saying, who these guys are. We know Mitchell's one of them. Who are the other guys? I don't know. I think, you know, he's probably talking about Lillard as well. But, you know, I was on record of saying I didn't really want to go for Lillard. I didn't think that was the best move. Um, you know, I think at first I was kind of for it. Right when the Nets got eliminated last year by the Sixers, I was like, all right, let's get Lillard. But the more I thought about it, I was like, nah, like we don't need this right now. You know, doesn't play enough defense. He's on the wrong side of 30, bad contract. Like, what the hell? So um, I'm glad the Nets did not do that. I'm glad they showed patience there and, and didn't trade a bunch of picks for Dame. But, um, you know, it is nice knowing that Lillard wanted to be a net, and it was also nice knowing that there's a pretty decent chance that Mitchell wants to be a net. So not all hope is lost, but at the same time, like, if they don't get him, I don't know what else we're going to do. Like, that's why I put in the title of this podcast, like, are the Nets screwed? Because if they don't get Mitchell, I don't know what other direction they want to do. Because the Nets, like, take rebuilding out of your mind. I just don't think it's going to happen. Like, this team is so against it, they're not going to do it. They would rather trot out some mediocre 35-win team than than trade bridges and get their picks back and, and what whatever else. Like, they're not going to do it. I, I just cannot imagine this team trading their... their um, they're good players, whether that is McHale or whether that is uh, Claxton or who like I just can't see it happening. So we're gonna wait and see, and there's gonna be a lot of questions answered in the summer. Every off season's a big off season for your teams, but I, I feel like this summer, particularly for the Nets, is massive because this really decides what direction they're gonna go in and what they're gonna do. You know, you guys know what I want. I would prefer a rebuild, but if I'm being realistic at this point, I think based on what they want, I think the best thing is probably to get Mitchell and look for another co-star, whether that is Mikel Bridges or whether that is, I don't know, fill in the blank, somebody that comes available. But uh, yeah, just crazy how the season has gone, man. Like they were 13 and 10. They won at Phoenix and it felt great. They even got back to 15 and 15, and then after that, man, they just have been awful. Ever they were 15 and 15. Now they're now they're 20 and, and 31. So it's it's been awful. But um, three more games till the All Star break. As I mentioned, Saturday I'm going to uh, the game against San Antonio. Really hope Victor plays. That's kind of like half the reason I'm going is to see Wembenyama in person. Um, then a back to back with Boston, which I'm sure they'll lose both those games. And then there's the All Star break. Um, coming out of the All-Star break, they have some tough matchups on the road with, well, it's Toronto. That's not that tough, but Toronto, Minnesota, Memphis is a weird team. Like, I don't think Memphis is even that great, obviously, this year. It kind of sucks for them. Orlando, they're, they're going to be tough. So, yeah. But actually, no, the Nets have kind of weirdly played Orlando kind of close this year. I'm paying attention now because the game's over. I'm paying attention uh, to who Donovan Mitchell's dapping up and, and what the vibes are like right now. You know, Claxton gave him a nice smile here. I know him and Mikhail Bridges are close. Him and um, De'Ron Sharp just had a nice hug. So, yeah, like, look, maybe. Maybe it happens. I don't know. I, I'm going off of body language now on, on post-game daps. So we're kind of desperate here. But, 
Yeah, just not a fun game here for Brooklyn. I mean, every other game they've played with Ben Simmons since coming back, I think this is Ben's fourth game since being back. Um, You know, they've looked really good on offense in the first three games, but this game was just not what you want to see. So it's unfortunate, but we're used to it. Hopefully in the summer we get what we want. And, um, you know, let's pray on the Cavaliers' downfall and hope that they get out in the first round and Mitchell gets fed up and, and asks for a trade and, and puts the Nets on that list and we get them and get somebody else and, and get back to uh, watchable basketball next year. That's all we could hope for. So uh, that's going to do it. Uh, maybe I'll make a video during the All-Star break. Depends what rumors are out there. If we don't hear anything, I'll probably just take some more time off because obviously talking about this team right now is tough to do. There's not much to look forward to until the summer. Reacting to the games seems kind of pointless because, like, they suck and they're boring to watch. I mean, I'll still watch them, but, like, I'm not eager to talk about this team. You know what I mean? So it's just frustrating. But hopefully things get better. I hope we see the young guys play. And, um, you know, hopefully Schroeder is a revelation here and looks great and has a Lynn Sanity run and the Nets somehow get into, like, the eight seed or something. But not getting my hopes up. But we'll see what happens. I hope you guys enjoy the video. Leave in the comments how you feel about the direction of this team. And I'll talk to you guys next time.